Over our Regulation mini-series, we've been hearing a range of views on how to approach the Financial Conduct Authority's changes. We've heard from Golden Charter's Head of Compliance and from funeral directors in the South and Midlands about their plans. Today, we'll hear from another distinct voice, Jim Old of James Old Funeral Directors in Scotland's Argyle and Butte. We've heard from Jim before as a past SAFE president, but today he's bringing another different perspective. Unlike our previous two funeral director guests, Jim's business is of the type that may favour on the face of it the introducer-appointed representative model under regulation. So we'd like to hear from Jim where his head is at the moment and what steps he thinks he'll take next as an independent. Jim, nice to see you again. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Malcolm. Nice to see you. I'm sure we'll meet in person one of these days. <laughs> I hope so, Jim. It's been a long time. Now, firstly, we all couldn't help but notice on social media recently that you led the funeral for Walter Smith. Wow. Could you just tell our listeners a little about what that experience was like? I think it's probably like a funeral like no other, but it was actually one of the most Easiest funerals that I've ever organised. The family were an absolute delight to deal with. They wanted a very traditional Church of Scotland funeral at the crematorium. Didn't want a church service or anything. One of the considerations was that um, there'd been so much outpouring of public grief in Scotland and further afield on the loss of Walter. Uh, Within 24 hours of his passing, Ibrook Stadium was festooned with flowers and scarves and memorabilia. And they thought it would be a touching tribute to to go past our Ibrooks on one last visit on the way to the crematorium. So mm. it had its challenges. It was the week of COP26 in Glasgow. So there was, there was yes. very little police resources. <laughs> um, uh, unless you were a head of state, you were not going to get a police motorcycle escort. Rangers Football Club and uh, Police Scotland absolutely bent over backwards to to, to sort of facilitate um, the funeral and lo and behold they managed to get some quite a number of police to, to police around their Ibrooks and also we got the, the, the motorcycle escorts as well. He was a bit of a legend, he was respected by all teams and, and folk with no connection to football uh, but it was a great honour, but it was a very simple, a very easy funeral to arrange. It was just, uh, they were a delight to deal with, and I've dealt with more complicated funerals on many occasions. Well done you, because I think you represented the independent sector beautifully. And uh, I do remember your comment, actually, uh, about you'd have done the same for any family in terms of the service you provide. That is, that is so true. You know, with a funeral on the two days before, there was only three distant cousins and three people from the nursing home. And to me, that funeral was no less important. Um, the nursing home had said that the, the chap was pretty well non-verbal the whole time he was at the nursing home. But the one thing that, that uh, he did like was bagpipes. So we, we got a piper for six people at the funeral, but the, the nursing home felt it was important because that was the one thing that he got a, they got a response from him. That's a great story. Thank you, Jim. OK, well, look, you're our first three-time guest on the podcast series, so well done, and a past safe president. So plenty of our listeners will be familiar with you. But actually, can you just give us a quick rundown of your business background? Now, I think it's essentially you operate as a sole trader. So so what's the history? How did you get to running this business where you are now? Well, my family business was farming, and when 
there wasn't enough income for my brother and I in the farm and I went to work with a small local undertaker and joiner. When he was 60, he stopped doing any joinery work and he had absolutely no real facilities or anything and I just helped him out with the funerals in the villages and when he retired about 28 years ago, um, he wouldn't sell the business to anyone because it had been in his family for 150 years. Um, that led me the opportunity with a bit of support from the clergy in the area and the medical staff in the area all saying, well, we would like the, the, the funerals to stay locally. The business has grown over the years to move into Helensborough, which is our main town, about 16 miles away from where it all started. And we now do the highest percentage of the funerals in Helensborough. And, and it's essentially still me that's just all the arranging all the conducting unless I'm on holiday or away on safe business like I'll be away a couple of days this week with safe but um, maybe I'm a control freak uh, and I am nobody arranges prepaid funeral plans but me they're all something that I've held very dear to myself and a very important part of the business. I know you do thank you Jim and and we'll hold that thought just in terms of putting ourselves in your shoes and how you run your business. So, so that's quite important in terms of the debate we're going to have. OK, so you're based in Scotland, of course, where an inspection regime has been set up, but the FCA and the CMA are UK-wide bodies. So what would you say is most different? And what is the same for an English and a Scottish independent dealing with regulation? I just think that we are just probably slightly ahead of the game. We've had the threat of inspection and things and a national inspector of funeral directors. And I think it's only a matter of time before something like this rolls out to the rest of the United Kingdom. We've had longer to think about it. The Scottish SAFE has always had for quite a number of years uh, a high standard for the mortuary and, and an insistence and in membership that you must provide refrigeration, which I think yeah. is absolutely essential in this day and age. And I don't think there's that many funeral directors throughout the whole of the UK now that doesn't have refrigeration. But I think uh, when we started uh, that in Scottish Safe, there was quite a number of members in Scotland didn't. And the ones that have put it in that, that complied and, and, and readily complied, I actually think it's now one of the, the best investments for their, their business that they've ever purchased. CMA, um, you know, it's, it's nationwide and we are we are where we are with it. Slightly disappointed to see quite a number of funeral directors not displaying their prices online and uh, mm -hmm. on their business premises. And I'm also disappointed that in some of the, the, the larger companies that haven't done that. Yeah, there's a lot of focus on that. I, I think we're hoping that over time uh, more and more will become compliant. OK, now look. We're coming into 2022 with a lot more information on FCA regulation. And I know the last time you and I had a conversation as part of the Regulatory Working Party, you were considering uh, the two main options of introducer-appointed representative and appointed representative. And your initial thinking, as I recall, was because you were a sole trader um, and you sell all your plans yourself, then possibly the IAR, which is the introducer, uh, route may have applied but I I guess you've had time to reflect you've listened to a bit more of the information that's available and possibly you shifted I mean where's your head on this now Jim? You know I think at the time the FCA um, thing came out and uh, and, the, and the, the, the different options was just round about the time of CMA in September or just before yeah. then I think our brains were absolutely fried and I thought you know <laughs> 
we've, we've struggled through the pandemic of the last 18 months and I think you know probably at that time it came out at the absolutely worst moment and you think gosh can I really mm -hmm. be bothered doing any yeah. more of this you know and I thought introducer um, the IAR would be probably ideal and and then we sit back and reflect it and the last few months we've been out selling funeral plans and lot people in for funeral plans and actually it just reminds me how much I enjoy that part of the business sort of mm -hmm. seeing people beforehand talking about things hearing about their story before they've gone and and connecting with people and I really really enjoy that but yeah. I also worry when you you know I always have worried and it's always been me that whenever somebody's inquired about a plan I deal with it personally and follow it through we price it and we make sure everything's right but yeah. there's there's ones that you feel that I have had folk come to see me and think maybe they're not a funeral plan's not for them they've maybe got more than enough assets that will pay a funeral at needs, but they maybe don't have too much cash about them. Mm -hmm. We're in an area that's that quite an elderly population living in large houses that yeah. um, that are difficult to eat and and everything. And you think, gosh, you know, can they afford four thousand pounds for a funeral plan, or is mm -hmm. that something that they can worry about when assets are released at the time of their estate? So that's always a kind of slight worry with me. And when I think about it, the FCA. Thing is probably not do too different to the, the the funeral director agreement that we all that I signed a year ago, Golden Charter. I felt that that was probably actually paving the way quite a bit to regulation. And yeah. I know that it met a bit of resistance at the time, but I think it was probably you know people just being slightly naive about what further regulation would would mean by 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 showing resistance to it. And I think actually with hindsight, it was a good. Um, pathway to the future with funeral plan sales and right. I uh, for one think um, that I will probably be down the AR route now. Yeah and, and I understand that you know from, from what you've said Jim because the introducer appointed representative essentially means if a family member approaches you either by telephone or stops you in the street you can take some details, but after that, you'd, you'd then be required to pass those details on to your provider. Whereas the appointed representative route means you can have that kind of conversation that you've always had uh, in ensuring that the, the customer has the best outcome in terms of their funeral plan requirements. And, and it sounds like you um, appreciate that kind of relationship you have in your community with those family members. Yeah, I think that I would miss the connection with folk mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and folk do like to speak to someone that they know and they recognise. And I think uh, it would have certainly made my life a wee bit easier for me. Uh, but I think we have to think that we would, to, we would continue selling plans because that's what makes us slightly different from the big multinationals and the people selling so it it sounds like after some thought you you're, you're doing the right thing uh, for your business yourself, but more importantly for your families, your customers. Yeah. Okay. So all of this only impacts funeral planning, of course, the FCA regulation. Um, your at need work, as you've already referenced, has already been impacted by the Competition and Markets Authorities work, the CMA. Um, in terms of complying with that. Um, how difficult was that? And are there any lessons learned for us with FCA regulation in terms of that process? I thought I thought it was all okay. 
I'm hoping that FCE will be more clear cut and things. I thought there was too much ambiguity in uh, the CMA because mm-hmm. um, a lot of my competitors are pricing a standard funeral as what I would interpret as a basic funeral, as a as sure. a simple funeral. And I don't think yeah. that a simple funeral is a standard funeral. So while my prices on my CMA price list look considerably more expensive than 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 a company. 400 metres from me, I think it's honest and transparent. And I think I don't think that the CMA have just got the transparency that they perhaps would have been expecting because of the kind of woolly interpretation of sure. a standard funeral. It would be interesting to see how some of the people actually price an at-need funeral when uh, somebody actually goes in and doesn't take something that's from the standard. Indeed. No, no, I, I, I get that. So, but I mean... Tell me, just, just to finish that one off, your prices are on your website, you're displaying them in your business, but has it really changed the kind of conversation you're going to have with family members who come in to see you? Not really, no, because they've always had a price list from us. And actually, I don't think there's that many people actually have looked at the CMA price list. Mm. <laughs> I thought, uh, can you put a value on personal service? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what folk... Are looking for they're not looking necessarily for the cheapest they're looking for what they they feel is the best support so, at the time of loss yeah so it's a value and service are, are just as important if not more important than price in its in its own right yeah. yeah um great now finally last question from me uh it is golden charter's place to support you towards regulation whichever route you take so how's that been so far in terms of support and has your business manager uh, actually been in touch yet uh, to talk you through your options etc yeah we've had a couple of conversations with Stephen who I haven't met he's new to the company but uh, uh-huh. he comes with quite a, a, an FCA background from a previous job so he's got a great understanding of FCA he's been very supportive and we've got another meeting sort of scheduled for next week regarding um, regarding FCA probably uh, looking um, more to, to apply, but he's been very good at keeping us up to date and his communication has been absolutely excellent. He's on it um, and, and we're, we're happy. And I feel that's, that Golden Charter have really been there since since day one with FCA. And I hope that that, that continues. And there's nothing in my mind at the minute thinking it's not going to. Oh, I'm sure it will. And uh, that that is our role and that is our intention to try and take the heavy lifting out of this but that conversation is important when you have it so that you can formally uh, choose uh, appointed representative if, if you feel that's the best option for you. OK, Jim, look, thank you for your time today. Um, it's been really nice to catch up with you. Uh, it sounds like you're just as busy as ever. I know you just come off a very busy weekend with the book festival, but lovely to see you and thank you for your time today. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our latest partnership podcast episode on regulation. The other three episodes in our FCA series are available on goldencharter.buzzsprout.com or on a range of podcast apps, as are all 30 of our other past episodes. FCA regulation isn't too far away, starting in July 2022, and we'll return to it as it approaches and beyond. In the meantime, you can also contact me if you have anything to contribute or suggest at malcolm.flanders at goldencharter.co.uk. Thanks, and I'll talk to you again on the Partnership Podcast.